Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi there, and welcome to the Explaining History podcast. Uh, This week I'm going to talk a little bit about the Potsdam Conference uh, of 1945. Now, if you've been listening uh, in the last um, dozen or so um, uh, podcasts that we've done, uh, you'll know that we've covered the Casablanca Conference, the Tehran Conference, and the Yalta Conference um, of the Second World War. And the the Potsdam Conference, in many ways, is the kind of the culmination of... um, wartime cooperation and and its end as well. And so we're going to explore that today. Um, It is uh, a meeting that runs on much longer than its uh, predecessors. It begins on the 17th of July and continues through to the 2nd of August, in which time there is a general election in Great Britain and Winston Churchill uh, loses and is replaced by a new Prime Minister, Clement Attlee. Uh, so that gives you an indication of the, the pace of change that's happening uh, between July and August 1945. On May the 8th, the um, Nazi regime surrenders and the war in Europe officially ends. But there's obviously a war in Asia still being fought. And um, it is to this that the Americans are uh, most keen to turn their attention. But one of the um, distinguishing features of the Potsdam Conference is, of course, that the fighting's ended and the Red Army is now um, uh, in situ in most of Eastern Europe. So, um, as we've seen in the other podcasts about um, Tehran and Yalta, um, Stalin knows that the politics of the conference is determined very much by the facts on the ground. And the facts on the ground are that the Red Army outnumbers the Allied forces by about three to one and um, is in a largely unassailable position. The only thing that keeps um, Stalin from considering um, a march westwards, as he has potentially planned to do, um, was the fact that there were um, uh, that he was aware of the existence of the American atomic bomb, um, and when it is finally detonated, that makes his mind up that um, the that there is a, a, a westward limit to how far he he is able to go. 
Another limiting factor on uh, Stalin's um, manoeuvres at uh, the Potsdam Conference was the appearance of Harry Truman. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt had really wanted to trust Stalin far too much. Roosevelt um, had seen uh, it as necessary to trust Stalin during um, the height of the war and had believed that uh, Stalin would be on some level um, a reasonable and fair player. He was convinced that the Soviet Union was going through a transition period from a feudal aristocracy, a feudal autocracy, beg your pardon, um, all the way through to a modern society. And that transition period would be bumpy and would be uh, quite bloody. But ultimately, um, something positive would emerge from the Soviet Union. And he believed that he and Stalin, um, had Roosevelt lived, would have been uh, kind of equal partners in determining the nature of the post-war world. Uh, Truman looked upon these sentiments as hopelessly naive. Um, He did not really have the standing that Roosevelt did. Roosevelt is uh, um, an almost slightly aristocratic figure uh, in the US and on the world scene, uh, a man of uh, immense standing, whereas Harry Truman is far much more unknown. However, Harry Truman, um, whilst being less experienced in uh, diplomatic affairs, was um, keenly suspicious of the Soviet Union and had no desire to see um, the Soviet Union expand any further. Many of the frontiers of the Cold War world are drawn up at Potsdam, particularly in Indochina. Um, At the conference, the country is partitioned at the 17th parallel, Um, The Japanese in the north are instructed to uh, surrender to the Chinese, uh, while in the south, Japanese forces are expected to surrender to the occupying British, who are uh, an interim power before the colony is handed back to France. And the treatment of Germany, um, which has been um, in some ways kind of legitimised by the Potsdam um, Agreement, when you actually look into um, what's decided at Potsdam, is uh, decidedly, decidedly brutal. Particularly, um, and you can check this out on the previous podcast I did on Europe in 1945, particularly with regard to the expulsions of Germans from Eastern European countries, uh, which was not a a peaceful or an ordered affair, uh, despite what um, was intended at at Potsdam. Um, The five Ds, the denazification, democratisation, decartelisation, demilitarisation and division of Germany are all decided um, at the Potsdam Agreement. Um, denazification uh, becomes a, uh, a lengthy process pursued with most vigour in the American zone. Um, the British really give it up as a bad job within about 18 months. Um, the, uh, the Soviets um, actually make quite good use of um, former members of the regime. Uh, many of them make up the basis of what would later become the Stasi, the uh, East German secret police. It was that, or a, a trip, a train ride to Siberia, and uh, they were given a given a fair choice. Along with denazification, came the decision on uh, war crimes tribunals, and the uh, Nuremberg trials that take place over the next three years are the result, really, of what's decided at, at Potsdam. 
um, Stalin's original suggestion of executing the top 50,000 members of the regime. Obviously, it doesn't come to pass, um, but uh, the uh, degree to which um, the trials at, at Nuremberg really um, address um, the Greek, um, or really uh, deliver any kind of justice is, is very questionable indeed. Um, the uh, brilliant book by uh, Dermot Jeffries, Hell's Cartel, which chronicles the story of I.G. Farben, is well worth a read on this subject. Indeed, the final chapter discusses the trial of I.G. Farben executives, I.G. Farben being the giant um, German chemicals uh, conglomerate uh, that made good use of slave labour at Auschwitz. And there were virtually um, virtually no meaningful prosecutions at all um, of the um, IG Farben um, of the IG IG Farben chief executives. Um, those that did see the inside of a jail cell saw it for a very short period of time. Not only did the Germans lose territories such as the Sudetenland and Alsace-Lorraine, but they lose a quarter of their national territory in the east. So the, the punishment of Germany in territorial terms is, is quite extensive. Uh, this is given to Poland in order to compensate for the loss of territory to the Soviet Union um, and the uh, territory that is handed over does contain quite a lot of infrastructure resources and mines and that kind of thing. So it's not uh, not useless soil by any stretch of the imagination. One of Stalin's chief interests was to be uh, to extract reparations from um, Germany. He uh, was intent on uh, seizing Berlin sooner than the Allies, partly because of his interest in laying his hands on the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute, where most of the atomic and rocket secrets um, that the Germans have been working on throughout the war could be uh, could be found. But he um, is compensated in terms of um, materials. Um, German factories can be were stripped bare in the east and shipped to Russia in terms of cash payments and in terms of manpower as well. Stalin was quite keen to see that the uh, German overall standard of living uh, was brought down as, as far as it could possibly be brought. Um, he, there was a, an agreement that the Germans would not enjoy a standard of living higher than the rest of Europe, um, and particularly in the East. One of the, re one of the um, key ways that Stalin is able to uh, dominate Eastern Europe is by uh, bringing about a, a level of uh, poverty and hunger that leaves many East Europeans absolutely reliant on, on the state to feed them. And this is a, a model replicated throughout Eastern Europe uh, in 1945. Stalin's uh, puppet Polish government, uh, the Lublin government, which was the, uh, the communist uh, government that had marched with the Red Army, is recognised as the uh, official government of uh, Poland, the um, allied uh, Polish government in exile that had um, resided in London throughout the war is uh, disappointed, to say the least, to be told that they will no longer be considered as the legitimate uh, government of Poland. The uh, decision to give in on this subject is the result of America's disinterest, for want of a better word, in um, the fate of Poland. The issue of Poland was never one that was a priority for Roosevelt, and following Roosevelt's death it becomes even less of one. 
most of the uh, focus of um, America um, had been um, for in, in Japan uh, or on the war in the Pacific for much of 1945 and uh, what happened with Poland, um, which was seen... Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. By many in Roosevelt's regime, legitimately as a Soviet satellite state, um, was of no concern. Churchill is obviously passionate about the fate of the Poles, it being the key issue that Britain goes to war over. And the decision to recognise the um, communist-backed Polish government uh, was taken on the 5th of July by the Americans, which neatly coincides with the day that Churchill loses power anyway, thus preventing him from having any uh, real input any further on uh, the fate of Poland. Um, most other Allied governments quickly recognise the um, communist-backed Polish government um, very quickly and the thing that makes it easier for them to do this is the uh, impression that Stalin gives that there will be no communist takeover, there will simply be a kind of a pluralistic left-wing government with um, different uh, parties um, from different factions represented in the government all over with a kind of a, a socialist theme but nothing uh, as sinister as a Bolshevik takeover. Of course, there is every intention to prevent there being a legitimate democratic government in Poland, and the um, Polish servicemen who have fought uh, bravely with the British army and formed uh, the Polish brigade, um, when they return to Poland after the war, are treated with immense suspicion, and many are um, arrested and imprisoned and being accused of being you know, capitalist lackeys and spies and uh, agents of the West, which are a grossly unfair and, and tragic uh, result to, um, to the war for, for them, considering that in the um, uh, Allied armies at places like Monte Cassino or during the Battle of Britain, these were some of the, the, the greatest and uh, most uh, 
um, courageous fighters the Allied forces had. The question of Japan is a key one at um, Potsdam. The Russians are not at war with Japan at this point. They fought a, a brief war at Kalkin Gol um, in August of 1939 with the Japanese and won it. And for most of the war, Stalin has been keen not to have any kind of um, dispute with the Japanese because the last thing he needed um, at the height of, uh, the, of Operation Barbarossa um, was an invasion in the other direction, invasion from the east. Uh, but Stalin was keen to um, annex parts of Asia. He looked at uh, Manchuria, Mongolia, Korea, and, and even as far south as uh, parts of the uh, Japanese islands in, in themselves. Um, and he had uh, influence, uh, hoped to have influence in the Pacific. And the Americans were deeply concerned that there would be um, all manner of uh, all, all manner of problems if Stalin extended his reach into what they now consider to be their sphere of influence, which was uh, the Asia Pacific area. The Americans knew uh, long before the dropping of the atomic bombs on Japan that they would become the power in Asia after 1945, and they intended to keep it that way. After all. The um, intention or the, the um, causes of the war in the Pacific had very much been to do with tensions between Japan and America over the question of access to China. The fact that Japan was uh, attempting to uh, brutally colonize China and end the possibilities of an open door policy for America into China were not acceptable to uh, the likes of Roosevelt at all. So much so that Roosevelt spent um, much of 1940 arming the Chinese and shipping weapons across the Burma, the Burma Road from British Burma into China um, and using, in 1941, the Lend-Lease programme to help the Chinese yet further. Uh, in addition to that, the blockade on Japan, the uh, economic sanctions that cut off oil and scrap metal, um, were for, uh, with, on the condition that Japan leave China forever, uh, created an almost impossible dilemma for the, the Japanese to, to resolve. A massive loss of face and humiliation and acceptance that they were like a weak power in Asia or war with the world's mightiest power. And so they chose the latter, and you know the rest, as they say, is history. So America had an awful lot invested in keeping uh, the Soviet Union out of Asia, because uh, why fight such a colossal war uh, simply to hand the spoils over to Stalin? Unfortunately for Truman, Roosevelt had already created rather uh, an unfortunate diplomatic problem for him. He had arranged um, that Stalin would declare war on Japan the moment that the Nazi regime was defeated. And so Stalin, true to his word, now intended to move divisions into the East as quickly as possible. And this really speeds up the um, date for the dropping of the atomic bomb, um, thus uh, bringing about the unconditional surrender of Japan and also indicating to Stalin the new power of the USA. 
the uh, point is, I guess, that Stalin knew about this already, having spied so successfully on the Manhattan Project. And therefore, the news from Truman that um, the United States had a weapon at its disposal of awesome destructive power uh, did not elicit the response that Stalin, that Truman had anticipated. Stalin nodded, shrugged and seemed unsurprised. And of course, he knew full well what Truman was talking about. So the uh, Soviet war, the Soviet-Japanese war of 1945, is a very short-lived affair indeed. It lasts between uh, three weeks and three days between August and September, and ends with the Soviets having annexed uh, parts of Mongolia, had marched troops into Korea, and having dominated uh, the Sakhalin Islands of the Japanese island chain, which they have still uh, not returned to the Japanese. Potsdam's normally taught in history lessons as being the point at which um, suddenly the scales fall from Western eyes and the Soviet Union is seen for what it is and post-war um, cooperation comes to an end. And certainly this is all true, but I would say that the suspicions about the Soviet Union had existed all the way through the war. Um, incidents such as the Katyn Massacre and the uh, decision by the Soviet Union not to honour any of its um, pledges in Poland, and the uh, refusal by the uh, Red Army, or by Stalin really, um, to allow the Red Army to um, rescue the Polish um, uh, rebels in the Warsaw Uprising of 1944, um, and a range of other um, issues such as the uh, Soviet presence in Iran and the... Uh, decision by the Soviets to remain there after uh, after um, Churchill had proposed an early withdrawal, again led um, most diplomats to the conclusion that a new Cold War was on the way. The um, person who I think um, fostered the most um, illusions about the Soviet regime is Roosevelt, um, the reasons why are, well, perhaps the subject of another podcast, um, but they certainly predate the Second World War. Uh, Roosevelt's relations with his ambassador, Joseph Davis, um, his ambassador, who was his ambassador to, to Moscow, um, were very cordial, and Davis was a keen uh, admirer of Stalin and the, the, the Stalinist regime. And Roosevelt got an awful lot of his um, views um, of the Soviet Union from people who are um, far more sympathetic to it um, than perhaps was wise. So if you have an essay to write on the Potsdam Conference, this is an important and interesting issue. Um, it's important not to see it in isolation. It's important not to view it as a, um, a singular event that changes East-West relations, but to view it, it, it as part of a process uh, of the development of the Cold War in its early stages. And the process had begun some time beforehand. One might even argue that the process had begun... Um, as early as the uh, signing of the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact in 1939, which um, did, uh, which was a an act um, as far as the West saw it of, of original betrayal, 
with when Stalin allied himself with um, Hitler, uh, and was something that was referred to um, as, as grounds for suspicion throughout the rest of the war. Anyway, I hope you find this useful, and um, I should be able to put up a few more um, Explaining History podcasts between now and Christmas. Um, If you're looking for an exciting new stocking filler, I've spied that uh, Stephen Kotkin, the brilliant writer of Magnetic Mountain, the uh, story of Magnitogorsk, has started a new three-part biography of Stalin. So uh, exactly the kind of thing that we want to get on Christmas Day. Um, If that's a bit unwieldy for you, and say, for example, that you had to get a Kindle for Christmas, there's a whole exciting range of Explaining History e-books at www.explaininghistory.com. Check out The Genocidal Century by Julia Routledge, The Communist Century by Chris Kostov, and a whole bunch of stuff written by yours truly. Anyway, look forward to catching you all on the next Explaining History podcast. Thanks and bye-bye. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, in zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.